episode number 15, the big one five of the Sharp and the Square podcast. Matt Howe with Justin Santoop. It was a big night for Mr. Santoop last night in college hoops. A clean sweep, 7-0. and Bravo, sir, especially since you've been a little on the chilly side as of late. But a big bounce back last night. And let's recap last night's games because there was some madness all over college basketball. St. John's beats Nova outright. East Carolina upsets Houston. Georgetown beats Creighton. Pitt beat Virginia Tech. It was just, it was madness all last night. Um, let's get into it. What were your seven plays that you want on? If you, I'm going to throw this to you. Just start breaking down the recapping the games from last night that you want to talk about. Um. So I hit on last night. I'll just start with that because uh, I know I was pretty vague on the pod because I um, won most, pretty much every bet that I had placed last night, I placed after the pod. I just didn't have a chance to really handicap during the day. Uh, Missouri minus four and a half, TCU plus five, South Carolina plus eight and a half, Virginia minus six and a half, Seton Hall minus two, Pitt plus four, Tulsa plus three and a half. Um, those are my, my plays that won. A lot of them were, were pretty lucky. Um, Virginia covered on the number. Um, Missouri covered pretty much on the number. And Tulsa came back from 16 down to, to basically cover on the number. So so very lucky, um, I think. You've but needed that. I have. I've been – I think we, we talk about regression being a bitch, and I think I was on the, the negative side of a lot of regression the last week or so. And it, it was good to kind of get it back in my favor. Um, what to break down – so let's start with Missouri, Kentucky, right? Um, it was the first play that we were on yesterday. Mizzou, it didn't feel like Mizzou should be laying such a small number at home against Kentucky. And for a while, it seemed like Missouri was going to run away from them. They just have a better basketball team. They've got more weapons from the outside. Uh, they defend at a high level. I thought it'd be really difficult for Kentucky to make enough shots. And then in the second half, Kentucky made a lot of shots, made it interesting down the stretch, but Missouri was able to get the stops needed and the buckets that they needed to, uh, the timely buckets, I should say. And um, they walked away with a five-point win. Yep. Five-point game, 17 seconds left, Calipari doesn't foul. Have you Crazy. Ever seen that? Crazy. Like, it was so weird. It was really weird. And I mean, I'm, in college basketball, they always foul at the end. Yeah. They'll foul down seven or eight sometimes. They will. And I mean, I'm sitting there like five, five-point game, 17 seconds left. That game's not over either. No. You get two. You get two missed free throws. You nail a three. Boom! You're right back in it. Go. And I mean, not that I don't think Missouri is really the best free throw shooting team in the country either. But Calipari decided not to foul. Everybody holding a Missouri minus four and a half ticket was probably pumped. Everybody holding Kentucky plus four and a half was probably losing their minds. But anyway, um, we were on the right side of that, so that was nice. Um, the other one that we really talked about a lot in the pod was Virginia. We talked about Tony Bennett being just an absolute beast against the spread on the road and against the spread after a loss. And so this was kind of a perfect, perfect storm. They were on the road off of a loss. NC state was missing their leading scorer, Devin Daniels. So it just felt like a really good spot for Virginia and it was tight for a while, but eventually Virginia did enough to cover. And it was another situation where seven point game, 15, 20 seconds left and Kevin Keats decided not to foul. Yep. So Virginia walked away a seven point winner. Um, the other games, like quickly, it felt like a right spot for South Carolina. Um, Florida off the off the big win over West Virginia, 
Uh, it felt like it was going to be a fast-paced game. South Carolina obviously has the players to contend with anybody, I think, in the country. They are just athletic enough, and if they're just making shots, they can beat anybody in the country. I really believe that. They've just had a bunch of COVID issues this year, and it's been a struggle for them from a health perspective and a continuity perspective. But they have just as much talent as anybody in the SEC, you know, Sands, maybe Alabama. So I'm, I'm honestly not surprised, especially because Florida is – man, they – Mike White – for whatever reason, they never they, they they're just so inconsistent. Like they can just throw these clunkers out of nowhere, and it was it just was a good spot for South Carolina, and they won outright, and um, they dominated Florida on the glass. So good win for the Gamecocks. Uh, Seton Hall had to have the win at Providence for their NCAA tournament hopes, and and they played an awesome second half. They defended at a high level, and they got their win. Um, similar situation, Pittsburgh, right? They had to have one uh, as a home dog against Virginia Tech off their huge win over Virginia. Virginia Tech kind of came out flat. Pitt got a lot of really good looks offensively and ran away from him in the second half. Um, that's pretty much it. That's all I have to really break down. Oh, and the TCU Oklahoma state game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I Oklahoma state just beat Arkansas. TCU has been playing good basketball. They played Kansas type. They took Missouri to overtime. Like I thought, I thought TCU shouldn't have been a home dog. It should have been closer to a pick them. Like TCU's not a bad basketball team at all. They got enough good players. Uh, their big man, Kevin Samuels, a monster. They got really good guards, Mike Miles and RJ Nembard. Like, um, they won outright. The number was too big, so TCU covered and and won outright. Uh, good night for me. Felt good. Very good night for the Sharp seven and zero, as we said, and he needed that bounce back. Gets us rolling into tonight's slate, which is not very good, but it is headlined by a pair of awesome Big Ten basketball games. And let's start with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights at home against Minnesota. Rutgers is a five and a half point favorite. Rutgers is firing on all cylinders as of late. And Minnesota is not a very good road team. So this looks like a good spot for the Scarlet Knights. Five and a half is a, it's, 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 it's a sharp number. It's right about, it's right around where um, I think it should be. I think you would agree. I think it's a good number on the game. I really don't have a side like to lean. Um, I'm just going to watch and hope for Rutgers to win. I don't care if they win by one or they win by 10. Yeah, it seems, I agree with that. It seems like there are a lot of sharp guys on Twitter on Minnesota. Um, don't really care much for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously not. Rutgers over the last week has been the best defensive team in the country. Uh, I think efficiency wise. Part of that is aided by the fact that Michigan State couldn't hit, couldn't hit water if they were standing on a deck against us. Um, Rutgers has to win the game. It's it's another game you have to have for your for your NCAA tournament hopes. I've, I've been doing a lot of bubble analysis recently during my free time, which is all the time. <laughs> um, just because I wanted to get a, a vibe for where Rutgers was in terms of the NCAA tournament picture, and it just doesn't really feel like Rutgers is close to the bubble at this point. No, they're in. They're in. They're, they should be pretty comfortably in. I think it's a huge bubble right now, and I don't think Rutgers is, is a team that's really in, in question. I think it's hard to argue um, some teams that are on the bubble ahead of Rutgers. But Minnesota's a team that is probably on the bubble. They're probably more on the right side of it, similarly. But this is a big game for them. It's a big game for Rutgers. It, it's just – you mentioned it. It's a, you know, it's a game Rutgers has to have. One three in a row. Got to make it four. Chance to get back above 500 in the Big Ten. 
I mean, Minnesota's not a bad team, right? They've got a really good big man in Liam Robbins. Obviously, we know what Marcus Carr can do. Um, Gabe Kalsher is money from deep if you let him get off good looks. So I think Rutgers is a better basketball team. Um, But, you know, it's it's another night in the Big Ten. It's unpredictable. And I, I think the line's probably pretty sharp. But, you know, Rutgers been playing well. Rutgers has been playing well, and uh, that's a late game for being on the East Coast. It's a 9 o'clock start at the Rack. Uh, It follows the Iowa and Ohio State game, which is another very sharp number. It's Iowa at home, same spread, five-and-a-half-point spread, uh, playing an Ohio State team that has looked good as of late. Uh, The Ohio State team – has won six out of the last seven, and they've gone on the road and beat Rutgers, gone on the road and beat Illinois, gone on the road and beat Wisconsin. Now they go on the road, and they're getting five and a half points here. Here's where I think I lean Iowa. Iowa has lost two out of three, and they have not shot the three ball well in any of their last three games. They are due for a good three-point night. The variation, obviously, has happened it's going to swing the other way. They're going to, I think they're going to get back on track, you know, shooting the three ball. They shot it okay against Illinois in that game uh, that they lost on the road at Illinois, but against Indiana, they were five of 23. And then they played Michigan state the other night. That was not a great win. Um, And they only made five threes there as well. I believe they were five of 16. So I think Iowa, they're home again. I think they're due for a good three-point shooting night. I don't have a play on this game. I really like Ohio State this year. They're a good team. Um, they're getting five and a half points. But, man, this this is a I'm, – I'm close to playing Iowa, put it that way. And I love playing Iowa, man. I've played them a lot this season. They're a fun team to back just because they can make it rain from three. But when they're not making their threes, it's tough because they're certainly not defending. Yeah, um, Iowa's on my – Iowa, no, excuse me, not Iowa. Ohio State is on my no bet list. Yeah, <laughs> don't, I don't have a feel. Can't get a feel on them. Um, you make a good point about positive regression in favor of Iowa from long range, especially at home. It's just though <laughs> the amount of open shots they gave to Michigan State. It's like oh, it was sickening. Make, yeah, it was sickening. And now imagine giving all those same open looks to yeah. Ohio State, where you've got a ton of really good shot makers. Yep. Um, like suing and Washington and Arns. It's like, and little Liddell, Liddell, whatever. Liddell's a guy who I think can get Garza in foul trouble. Yeah. So like that could be a real factor. Um, Cause Ohio state gets every whistle. Uh, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They always get every whistle. Um, yep. There's a reason why they go to the free throw line. Um, uh, the rate, the rate of free throw for the free throw rate is 18th in the country. Yeah, you get every fucking whistle. Not sure how they do it, but they do. Um, both, the, no one's got both offenses are not going to turn the ball over. Right. Uh, it just feels like a pretty even matchup. I kind of lean Ohio State plus the points, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not messing around with it. It's a sharp line, I guess. I mean, it, it feels like it's trying to trick you into playing Ohio State plus the points, especially considering how good the Buckeyes have been on the road recently, you know? Yeah, and how shaky Iowa has looked lately. Yeah, right. But, they I mean, they've they, looked shaky. No, you're, you're right. That's a good point. The yeah. um, 
The other thing to keep in mind, and I'm going to check this out right now. Where's uh, the money coming in on this game? I can check. I'd like to see where the public's betting. Uh, it's 60% ticket, 60% cash on Iowa. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty even. I don't really yeah. – there's nothing nothing too crazy about that. No. Uh, um, let's see. Last two years, Iowa 19-6 and six against the spread at home with this nucleus. So, I mean, that's it's pretty damn good. A factor. I mean, they play well at, at, at Carver-Hawkeye. They always have. 19 and six is a pretty significant number. I don't know if it's enough to bet it, but it's like makes you think twice. You don't really, I was on a team you really want to fade too much at home. Even though five and a half is a lot of points against another top 10 team. My number on the game is only like three and a half, four. So, right. So slight edge, Ohio state. Slight edge. And if it somehow got at the six and a half, I think that would be a trigger point on Ohio state. But I mean, right now it's, I don't see that line moving. Me neither. Yeah. That line's going to stay there all day long. All right, so those are the two Big Ten games of the night, the two best games on the slate. I'm going to sit back, relax, and watch them. Um, probably not going to have a side on either. Obviously not on the Rutgers game, not going to bet on that one. Um, and I, I I will think about Iowa. Um, but then, like you said, if it gets to six and a half somehow, then it makes me want to bet Ohio State. It's just because that just seems like too many points. But five and a half, two threes seems like – you know, a lean for Iowa, no play though. I'm going to enjoy, I, I don't, I really don't have anything tonight. I think Justin only has one play, which is Arizona at Utah. Utah is a point and a half home underdog, Justin. Yeah, bro. Um, so I caught it at two at open last night. Okay. Um, thanks for sharing. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get the memo that he was catching it at yeah, two. And... I think you can get two on DraftKings still. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, if you want, uh, yeah. Um, let's see, you can dive into the matchup a little bit, right? You can see there's probably a slight edge to Arizona, which isn't a surprise. Arizona is a better team. Um, really good guard, James Akinjo, great bigs. Um, I think Utah's good enough to, to kind of combat all of it. Utah's got good bigs too. Um, I think Timmy Allen's going to be kind of a matchup nightmare. He's like one of those superstar college guys that's an undersized four who finishes everything around the rim, rebounds at a high level, can handle the rock, kind of sets up his teammates. He's, he's kind of their do-everything guy. Uh, Utah's an experienced team. They got guys that make shots from the outside. And they always play well at home. Um, last two years, 13-9 and nine against the spread at home. Uh, under Larry Kristowiak, since their first winning season under him, which was, I think, in 2013. Uh, since that first winning season, they are – I looked it up. It's a huge number. Yeah, since that first winning season, they're 66 and 44 against the spread uh, at home. So I, I really like Utah is not a team that I have much interest in in fading at home. At home, um, and I, I think the number is a little small. Uh, not small. I think that. Yeah, it's definitely not small. Is what I'm saying. I, I think it's like. I don't know. I, I think the matchup favors Utah. I mean, I really don't have much, much else to it. It's, it's a home dog getting, you know, not a lot of points. And I think there's a chance Arizona's overlooking Utah and looking ahead to the rematch with Colorado. Um, Cause in terms of the mountain games, like Colorado's the, the better team than Utah, even though I think Utah's best is good enough to beat anybody in, in, in the conference. So I like Utah at home. I, I always I, I play them at home a lot because I don't really play them on the road. But you know, you talk about altitude. The trends are there's obviously a reason they play better at home, and I think altitude's part of it. 
uh, I think, you know, they're just better at home. There's, there's yeah. more to it. And I like them as a dog. I, I, I lean Arizona here. Um, I do. I haven't played it yet. Um, I don't know if there I'm going to. Yeah, Justin. Dar- hey, man, head to head. I've been pretty good against you lately. You have? Yeah, I think I'm 2-0 and on the pod. Really? What about the Friday Illinois-Iowa night. game from Friday night? What was that? The Illinois-Iowa game? Oh, yeah, yeah, you did have that one. My Friday night? Yeah, yeah. Never mind. The thing is, I just don't gloat when we go head-to-head. I mean, what well, about – you should. What about Oklahoma State-TCU last night? Yeah, but I didn't advise – oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you – all right, that's true. That's another one. Damn, you got me. Um, I Okay, but let, let me tell you why I lean Arizona. It's hard to bet, you know, against Utah at home. I get it. Um, but there's two significant – advantages i think that arizona has rebounding they are a good rebounding team utah is a bad rebounding team um in a close game i think that's really going to matter free throw rate arizona top 10 in the country free throw rate utah bottom 250 hang on on. look at that the opposite way though what do you mean so arizona yeah really good at getting in the free throw line utah really good at defending without fouling um, oh, their free throw defense is, yes, good. Right. I, and, then, yeah. and then on the flip side, Utah's not good at getting the free throw line, but Arizona fouls a lot. Yeah, Arizona does foul a lot. Um, yeah, okay. So maybe a maybe – a, a wash? A wash there. Um, but another advantage, Arizona shoots the three very well, and Utah does not defend the three very right. well at all. I don't know. In a one-and-a-half points laying it on the road, I think Arizona's the better team. Um I haven't played it, but that's a lean for me. I know Justin likes Utah. Um, I agree with that, Matt. I mean, I think Arizona is the better team, and I think Arizona's got a high ceiling. Yeah. So I'm not arguing that fact at all. Right. Um, okay. No, but you made a good case for Utah. I, I, You know, I think it's a fair case. I think I made a fair case for Arizona. Yeah. Uh, the sharp side is definitely Utah. <laughs> um, that's for sure. They want, you know, it's a one – one and a half point spread on the road the books want you to bet Arizona because they're a better team and it's a small number, but you know, uh, I think for those reasons they can cover Stanford at Cal is really the only other game we're going to talk about tonight. Unless J- Justin wants to get into some other stuff. There's a couple other games you could mention Stanford at Cal uh, Cal's a five and a half point home favorite Stanford's off a loss against USC, but they played well in it. Um, I don't have anything for this one, but. Justin, do you have anything? Um, no, nothing for me. Uh, you have to imagine Stanford's going to be hungry after losing to USC. Um, yeah. Cal's been playing well since they got Matt Bradley back. Stanford's not a team that I really have too much interest in, in betting as a favorite these days just because they're not explosive enough offensively without three of their key guys. Um However, I think Oscar De Silva is going to be just a, an absolute bear in the post, and I think it's going to be really difficult for for Cal to guard him. It's just – I look at Stanford, and it's not really a team I want to lay six points on the road with, but at the same time, I could see them just being awesome defensively and shutting Cal down uh, and Oscar De Silva having a, a monster game because Cal really does not have much of an answer for him inside. So – between those factors, I, I I lean Stanford, but I'm not I'm not playing it no. Okay, and did you have any other games you wanted to talk about on tonight's slate? Uh, I mean, so we can look at Oregon 
against Washington State. That's the 11 o'clock game. I think Washington State's like an 11, 11 and a half point dog. Um, Oregon off of a COVID pause. Washington State fantastic defensively, but they tend to be turnover prone, which freaks me out against an Oregon, Oregon team that will force a bunch of turnovers. And Oregon tends to be awesome at home. So no bet for me, even though like I kind of lean Washington State because they're good defensively and they're well coached and they should be able to slow the game down. But mm-hmm. the, the fact that Oregon is so explosive, so good at home, and like they don't turn like they 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 will force a lot of Washington State turnovers. That that freaks me out. Um, so nothing there. Um, the problem is in the Pac-12 tonight. It's just like I feel like every single time we end up in the Pac-12, like there just aren't enough good games because there's no mid-tier. You know, there's like five or six really good teams and like four really bad teams. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like it's hard yeah. to get good games. It's just so many big spreads, which sucks. If you want to like the games that I bet on are games that I want to watch. And it's like, do I really want to watch Oregon, Washington state and hope Washington state like backdoors 12 or 11 and a half, like late. Not really. Yeah. Right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. give me like, like, that's why I like the Utah, Arizona. Cause I think Utah's a good team. They're at home. Arizona's a good team. Like that's a good game, but like, there's just so much. And I think that's, that's part of my frustration with the PAC 12 this year is there's no, there's no mid tier. It's good. And then really, really bad. And it's like, yeah. it's yeah. hard. It's harder to bet, in my opinion. It's harder to get a read on big spreads because the difference between a 15-point game and an 11-point game is a lot. Uh, even though it's four points, it's a lot different than than a two and a half spread versus six and a half spread. Because I just like 15 and or 11, like whatever. I mean, it's it's a couple possessions late in the game that was already decided. But like yeah. two and a half, six and a half, it's like all right, like that's it's just it's hard. You know what I mean? The bigger the spread, the harder it is to like gauge the difference between the, the, the each individual point. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, I totally get it. Um, all right, so small slate tonight. Justin likes Utah. I haven't advised a single play yet, but I'm going to right now with mid-major Matt's pick mid-major of the day. Mid-major Matt! 5-1 <laughs> so far on the season. Uh, just throwing that out there. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be on Moorhead State at home versus Murray State. Moorhead State's getting two and a half points. That's what I bet it at. They're 13 and six, 10 and two in the conference. Murray State is eight and eight, five and six on the conference. Moorhead State beat Murray State on the road by five earlier in the year. Now they're home getting two points. I, I love this spot here for Moorhead State, man. They are getting points and they have a much better defense. Enough said. Take the home team. They, um, the, the one thing that, um, uh, scares me a, just a little bit as Moorhead State turns the ball over a lot, but so does Murray State. Like both teams are going to be sloppy with the ball offensively. Um, Moorhead State defends without fouling very well, and Murray State does not get to the foul line. So I don't think Murray State's going to have a lot of free throws in this one. Meanwhile, Moorhead State does get to the line a decent amount, and Murray State fouls a lot on defense. So I think that's a big advantage when you're a two and a half point home underdog. Um, mid-major Matt looking to go six and one back Moorhead state plus two and a half. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm all over this one. All right. I like it. All right. Um, PGA tour rolling on right now. Justin's watching it as we speak. We gave our plays the other day. We're rooting for a handful of players. Um, tomorrow, a really crappy slate as usual. It's a Friday night, but tomorrow is going to be our super bowl 55 show. We're going to be, breaking down the game, prop bets, all sorts of stuff. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm really excited for tomorrow's tomorrow's uh, 
tomorrow's pod. I think we're going to, what we're going to do is um, head to head or not head to head, but some silly prop bets that we're going to pick and see who comes out with who can nail the most props. Um, so we're going to have a little competition between the sharp and the square for that one, but uh, we'll be back. I will say, I think we're both very square when it comes to football. Yes, but it's the Super Bowl and everyone bets the Super Bowl. Yes, I agree. I agree. We have to have a Super Bowl gambling show. Of course. All right. So a couple games tonight. Justin likes Utah. That's really the only play from him. I'm on Moorhead State at home. That's the only play from me. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Game of the night tomorrow night is Maryland at Penn State. Uh, That's really it. But we'll be breaking that down quickly before we get into our Super Bowl show. Justin, it's been a pleasure. See you later. As always, go where are you?